0: Welcome to another episode of the Victory Over Vices podcast, brought to you commercial free by addictionhelp.com. I am your host, Dan Hauser, and today we're going to look at if the PGA Tour has a drinking problem. Let's get into the show. All right, so the events that took place recently at the Waste Management Phoenix Open have made it clear that at the very least, the tournament has a problem when it comes to finding that proper balance between a party atmosphere. And a golf tournament now it is the waste management waste management phoenix open so they have prided themselves essentially on that party atmosphere with kind of a golf tournament going on in the background so they've not only advertised uh advertised it uh they've taken pride in it it has been their thing historically that has separated themselves uh from the rest of the tour schedule however uh what happened during this year's event has shown that things have officially gone too far. Uh, yes, I understand the weather played a factor in the event itself and everything that transpired. There were a lot of areas that normally uh, with it being a stadium course where fans could congregate that they couldn't because everything was mud. Um, they also let everyone come back on Saturday who had tickets for Friday because the round didn't get completed on Friday, despite the fact that they knew that they had sold out of their Saturday ticket allotment, which of course added to uh A large amount of people on the property uh, at a a particular time. However, um, it had already been a tournament that had been skating kind of on that edge for a really, really long time. And so this uh, this particular year, uh, it went over the edges we saw where they actually had to close the gates on Saturday. They had to have people leave the property. They had to uh, shut off alcohol sales. And so All that being said, the historical success of the Waste Management Phoenix Open has led to other uh, tournaments and other events on the PGA Tour trying to kind of replicate what they do and lean into that whole party with a golf tournament happening in the background type theme. Uh, We've seen many other tournaments where they've tried to have their party holes or their uh, uh, holes where they want everyone to, to, to find their way to like we see with the 16th at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, As a result of all that, though, one could argue that now more than ever, going to a PGA Tour event is a social gathering where everyone drinks, parties, have fun. And oh yeah, by the way, uh, there just so happens to be a professional golf tournament being played in the background. So all this is to say, does the PGA Tour have a drinking problem? When we come back, we are going to try to answer that question and touch on some other topics happening right now in the world of golf with my guest this week, former competitive golfer, Chipper Keener. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the show. As I mentioned, I am joined today by Chipper Keener. He is a former competitive golfer, a uh, fellow golf sicko such as uh just like me and a golf traditionalist who has very who has been very closely uh following the golf boom that has been happening over the past several years here post-COVID. Chipper, uh, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, uh I teased it a little bit in the intro, but let's just get right into it. Um the craziness I guess you could say that was the 2024 uh edition of the Waste Management Phoenix Open now this this tournament has traditionally been one that has taken great pride in being not your grandfather's or not your father's uh PGA Tour event they they lean very heavily into the come here it's a party it's it's a fun time uh, everyone hang out and oh yeah oh by the way uh we also have a professional golf tournament happening when you come here uh this year though was particularly interesting and not liter, quite literally, it was a perfect storm of events that, that led to it. Uh, we had a lot of bad weather early in the week, which left parts of the golf course, uh, I guess you could say unusable uh, for a lot of the fans. And it is a uh, you know, stadium style course, so it's designed for everyone to kind of be spread out and, and to enjoy sitting around. And there was a lot of areas they couldn't. Uh, on top of that, because of the bad weather early in the week, it led to the second round not finishing on Friday, meaning that anyone who had second round tickets was able, were able to come back. On Saturday for the completion of play, but they didn't make them leave once the second round ended. Couple that with the fact that the third round for that Saturday was already a complete sellout and you had just uh, way too many people in a very confined environment at once with a lot of alcohol sales going on, which we'll get to in a minute because that's that's also a big thing of theirs. Um as a result, they had to close the gates down there. Were, there were people that actually had third round tickets that couldn't get in because they didn't show up at 5 a.m. Basically, they cut off alcohol sales and they had to eventually get to a point where they had to have people leave the property because there were just too many uh, on the property. As somebody, you know, like I mentioned, you're a golf sicko like me. You follow this stuff very closely. Uh, what was kind of going through your mind uh, kind of in real time as, as the scenes of Saturday were playing out?
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's funny you're wearing a, a hat from Augusta. I remember <clears throat> I got to go to the Masters in 2005, watch Tiger win. It was like, what's the final round? And, you know, we got there at right where the gates open. And the first thing they say to you is if you're caught running, you will be removed from the premises and your credentials will be taken from you. And to think about that dichotomy to watching people like get in track stances and start sprinting through the gates saturday morning you know probably maybe have slept a couple hours um you know it's just the variance of of the tournament in itself and you know honestly i I, you know i've been to the waste management i used to work at tpc scottsdale i was i was an apprentice at the tour academy out there so spent a lot of time out there um actually got to walk inside the ropes and i mean this was 12 years ago and it was still crazy but i think now Just with the the magnification of hole number 16 and kind of the whole people's open vibe that they want to create there, um, it's unfortunately going to be part of the game of golf, I think, from a professional standpoint. But I also view it this year as, you know, to your point, it's a perfect storm. People are caring less about golf, the game, and more golf like the environment like the party environment and so it's attracting a different demographic i spoke to some people that were there this year um none of them said they would return based on their experience and that's an unfortunate thing but for every old schooler like you and me there's going to be five or six you know new person new people that are going to be wanting to experience that for the party aspect and um i don't really think they care about our opinion it's just going to continue to happen so
0: yeah it's it's funny you mentioned the contrast there both the pga tour and the tournament itself lean into that they they post videos all over social media of all these people lined up at 4 a.m and getting into their track stances and running in and already drinking their beers so it's it's interesting that and we'll see what happens next year but up until this year that was like i mentioned that was kind of a thing that they prided themselves on um, it's also led to a lot of spinoffs, specifically down here where I'm at in South Florida. We, well, this year, it's now the Cognizant Classic. I think I'll always refer to it as the Honda, but yeah. you know the Honda built the bear trap out. And so they basically turned 17 into their own version of 16 it, in, in Phoenix. And um, you know we, we've seen in the last couple of years since the tour shrunk their schedule so they could get done before uh, football season gets going. And with the elevated events, you know, the, the Honda has found itself and, and it's, it's I'm sure it's a big reason why Honda itself is not a presenting sponsor anymore. They found themselves in a tough position of kind of being that event sandwiched in between two bigger events where a lot of guys are skipping. But, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because I think for a lot of people that go to that event, I don't think they really care and I don't think they could tell you who five people are out there anyway, because they're not going for that. They're going to be to sit in the bear trap all day and they're going to hang out. And And listen, for what it's worth, and I think you would agree with me. Um, one of the great things about golf is that it's traditionally, well, not traditionally, it's always an outdoor sport, but it is traditionally a sport that quote unquote follows the sun. It tends to be played in warm weather environments and, and whether that be year round or it, the, the, they, they set the schedule up so every time they get to somewhere it's it's typically in their nicer time of the year so for people especially in areas not like us that are in Florida where we can enjoy this weather year-round for a lot of these people it's it's a really nice way especially for them in their spring or early summertime to get out of the house and get out and enjoy warmer weather uh, nicer weather do something outdoors where they have maybe haven't been able to do so in several months in 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 areas with more traditional winter climate. so I will give them that too, but at the same time, you know, like you mentioned for every for every one of us, there's ten more people that are going because it's just something outdoors to do with their friends where they can go and drink and have fun, and hey, maybe if they watch a couple of golf shots, then cool, and if they don't, they're still spending their twelve bucks on a beer and seventeen dollars on a mixed drink and, and and everyone's still getting their money, no matter what
1: yeah i think I think from a tour perspective, there used to be more. Like the corporate aspect was almost in a more confined space. So like I'm in Jacksonville Beach, so I've been going to the players since I was a kid. And I remember like, you know, late teens, early twenties, like you wanted a benefactor ticket because the benefactor uh chalet was was on seventeen and you it was like the only place you could get, you know, liquor and not just beer. Um, you know, you could get that party environment. Stop in, like, cool off because it was, you know, especially when it was in May, it was hot. But um, you know, now they're kind of leaning into that as well, where you know, there's there's food trucks everywhere and there's you know bars and you can they, there's a signature drink at the players now called the Sawgrass Splash. I've never had one, but um, it, it's it's definitely something that more and more more and more tournaments and I think the PGA Tour itself is they're just leaning into. Hey, we want to try to toe that line between, you know, just a full on party scene and attracting more people to the game of golf. So I I don't disagree with 100 percent of what they're doing, but um, I just think it's it's part of the culture now of of how golf is kind of being viewed um, as as a hobby, as an event, as something for people to do to your point. I mean, you know, the, the reason so many people live in Phoenix for half the year is because they used to have the skins game out there in the, you know, late, late eighties. And, you know, they, they, they edited the the color of the grass to make it greener so that all these people that are sitting in snow around Thanksgiving are like, oh, where is this? I need to get there because it's so green and I'm sitting out looking out my window and it's white and gray and, and gross. So, you know, it's, it's a marketability thing, but at the same time, like you're going to go too far and then it's going to have to right size itself or it's going to, or it's going to go away. That's, that's my opinion. And I
0: I, I will say, you know, we've crapped on it a little bit, but credit to the Thunderbirds who are the organizing body of the event. Uh, They came out the day after the the completion of the tournament and basically said what happened Saturday was not okay. Uh, We're going to spend the next 364 days figuring out how to make it, it better for everyone where you everyone where those who want to be out there just to party and hang out can still do that while those who actually want to watch the golf tournament can do so and feel safe doing so and also the players will feel safe and and okay playing in the event because we saw two specific instances on that Saturday Billy Horschel and Zach Johnson um have to essentially I don't want to say get in the faces of of fans that were out there, but they had to say something to them and they weren't nice about it and it caused back and forth. And obviously it's another bad look on social media because you don't want to see that happening between the pros uh, and the fans, but you have to wonder too, does the, do the Thunderbirds have to do something and maybe all these other tournaments follow suit because quite frankly, and yes, I do understand that there are plenty of people out there that have no clue who these guys are and they wouldn't care if there wasn't an actual golf tournament going on. But the fact of the matter at the end of the day is for them to be able to still go out there and party there has to be a golf tournament going on. And for people like you and I, if there's not a golf tournament or a good golf tournament going on, we're not going to go out there. And so um, they have to make sure that these players keep showing up now. That's the other problem.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that kind of, you know, that ties into kind of the state of the game right now. Um, I think, uh, you know, myself included, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the tournament this weekend. I don't even know the course. I don't know 90% of the field. Um, I'm in like a golf survivor pool where you pick one player every week. And, you know, Tony Finau is the defending champion. And I don't recognize 90% of the field. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Tony Finau. You know, but like I'm not going to sit around and and build my weekend around, you know, watching this tournament in Mexico. And I think, unfortunately, the, the other side of that is there are so many good golfers now there are so many people that can go out and win week to week on the PGA tour. And, you know, that, that creates a lot of parody and, you know, similar to what you're seeing in other sports. Like I would, I would compare it almost to college football now with NIL where you're, you're getting programs from <clears throat> kind of unknowns, you know, like nobody, nobody watched Washington unless they lived in the Pacific Northwest for the last 10 years. And, you know, they've been to two college football playoffs in the last few years and, you know, but at the same time, like, nobody from my neck of the woods is going to be like, oh, wow, I really like that Washington program. I'm going to start following them full time. Um, so, you know, you see the guys that are coming out and winning. Um, and especially this year, you know, like, even the events that we had, like a couple birdie fests, like, I don't like watching guys shoot 30 under. Um, I enjoyed watching, um, I'm blanking on his name, but the amateur that won in Palm Springs. You know, I went to Alabama, he went to Alabama. So that, that was kind of cool to see, but at the same time, like, you know, Wyndham Clark winning on a shortened event at Pebble Beach. That had a lot of weather. You didn't see people sliding down hills at Pebble Beach. Um, You know, and Riviera kind of last week was the same way. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the leaderboard that we wanted. And it wasn't, you know, you know, you had Tiger withdraw. You had speak Speak get DQ'd. Uh, Jordan Thomas missed the cut. I mean, Justin Thomas missed the cut. Um, And, you know, you got Hideki and Patrick Cantlay. Like I... I won't watch Patrick Cantley if he's playing on the Ryder Cup <laughs> team. So, uh, you know, and that's just kind of the state of the game. Um, you know, H-
0: H- Hideki coming from nine shots back though, that was pretty exciting to watch. Now, granted, I was pulling for Zalatoris, um, yeah, uh, for 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 certain reasons, but um, um that was cool seeing Hideki uh, uh come from. At, I don't even think that any nobody was even paying attention to him, and then all of a sudden there he is, you know, one shot back and 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 then tied for the lead, and then leading, and then you know his back to back collective 18 inches from the hole on, on, uh, 16 and seven or 15 and 16. So that part at least was a little bit fun and it got Patrick yeah, Cantley out of the, out of the equation quickly. Yeah.
1: And I will say, I mean, that's the other unfortunate thing about the waste management too, because that was such a fantastic finish. You know, you had Charlie Hoffman come out who always plays well at that event, um, lives in the area. I, I think he's either in Vegas or Scottsdale. Um, but you know, and then you had, you had the guy coming three shots back with, with five to go and you go, you got two par fives, you got a drivable par four and it's set up to be such a good finish. And then, you know, to have Nick Taylor come birdie 18 to get into a playoffs and then birdie 18, the first, the, both the guys birdie, the fl- first playoff hole, then he birdies it again. Like, that's a great, I, we actually, I, my buddy and I were actually flipping back and forth between the Super Bowl and the finish well, I mean, I it, it, didn't,
0: it didn't help that the, it didn't help that because all the weather delays, they didn't get that in before kickoff. So I mean, right. I can't imagine how many people tuned out or turned it off before the most exciting part of the weekend even happened.
1: Yeah, that was the good thing about me not being in a giant Super Bowl party it was <laughs> me and my me and my buddy and our significant others, and they didn't care about golf course football, so we could do whatever we wanted. <laughs> but
0: um, you you mentioned too about the how deep golf is, and and that's what's interesting is that. For, for those for those golf sickos like you and i men's professional golf has never been deeper um but unfortunately because of live and everything going on with the tour trying to combat live and these signature events and basically creating this closed off system it's also never been less interesting to follow week in and week out you mentioned you're not gonna i'm not gonna watch mexico i mean i'll 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 check out i'll tune into the cognizant classic mostly right. just because i'm gonna be out there on Saturday for a couple hours so like i want to know who makes the cut. So I know who I want to maybe follow around a little bit um, on Saturday. But other than that, you know, it's, it's tough to watch men's professional golf these days. And so I, I do understand where the tour is at because you have the people like us that they've been relying on as far as like their gate for as long as their existence is saying, well, we're, we're, we, we, don't like you guys right now. We don't like live right now. We hate all of us right now. We're not going. So they've got to figure out new revenue streams. So yes, I understand where it's like, okay, let's appeal to the people that are the, and, and we'll talk about this a little more in a minute, but the people that, that are the quote unquote COVID effect golfers, the ones who started playing golf or started getting into golf because it was one of the few things they could do during COVID, or they started getting into things like top golf and Drive Shack because they could go out with their friends on a Friday night and have a couple drinks or two and have some food and they could hit some balls into some targets. And now it's like, okay, well, let's go check this out. And I, and I understand wanting to appeal to them, but at the same time, and I, I don't really know what the answer is. I think if any of us knew what the answer really was, we would all be very rich right now because we could go to these, these entities and say this is the answer. Um, you know, d- Do you put limits on drinks that people can get when they're in there? But then, of course, if you have a group of 15 people, everyone can go max it out and just bring it back to their buddies, and then you still really can't monitor it that way anyway. Um, you, you actually did bring up the um, – kind of the, the COVID effect, if, if you will. So uh, why don't you kind of explain that? I, I know I did a little bit, but ex- maybe you want to explain that a little bit more as far as how that's kind of also played into where we're at now too, as far as um, golf fandom goes.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I, I think it's a, a perfect storm, right? Like 2019, you had Tiger win the Masters and it was like golf is back. Like Tiger's back, golf is back. Um, you know, it was super exciting for me. You know tiger was my idol growing up um and then you know obviously the COVID hits in 2020 and you know you're watching you know mora cowell win a, win a pga in san francisco with no fans and dustin johnson blow out augusta in november with no fans you know bryson winning the u.s open i mean so you got these big names right and then you know 2021 tiger gets injured you know in the, in the car accident um and it's almost like he was kind of the way I view it is he was kind of the shepherd to the flock. Like you have the Rory and the, and the Jordan and the JTs and, and, you know, these, these other really talented people, but they weren't the same draw as tiger, but they looked up to tiger. They followed tiger. So I think one thing they didn't really obtain from tiger in tigers prime was how to be that entertainer. Um, you know, Jordan can get excitable sometimes. Um, JT, obviously, I think JT wears his emotions on his sleeve, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Rory's kind of the same way. But, um, you know, in terms of, of what golf is today, like, there's not – you're not going to watch somebody win eight PGA Tour events in a row. You're not going to see anybody else win 15 majors. You know, they've said it about certain people, like – Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major since 2008. He's talked about it every single major and he hasn't won one. He's been in contention. Right. So that makes things interesting, but he has not won since 2008 and Tiger kind of went through that, you know, from the 05 masters, you know, to 08, Right. And then now kind of pushing all the way through with his injuries, but you know, when it's kind of a rudderless ship. So Tiger to me, Like, I wanted to be able to go follow Tiger. I went to events to follow a specific player. Greg Norman back in the day, Freddie Couples, Payne Stewart. Like, I would get a pairing sheet, figure out where I'm going to meet up with this group, and go follow that group for three or four hours. It wasn't, well, let me get a drink and go sit by and watch him come through 16 and 17. And I think that's where, especially now with it being a nice and outdoor event and the warm weather and all the things you touched on, um, that's what a, a golf tournament has turned into. You're going to have people just sitting around in their lawn chairs or, or whatever they're able to sit on and just kind of watching random players walk by. And it's a totally different vibe from the way it was before. And, you know, the, the COVID thing with golf, I think, I think the PGA of America did a fantastic job marketing golf as a safe outlet during the pandemic to get outside and go be social and and be with your friends and and use that for four or five hours to, to get out and, and, you know, get out of the house. But now it's kind of just like the other things we've discussed, it hasn't right-sized itself to kind of come back to, to even par, right? Like we're way far over here and I, I just don't view it as, something that's they view as worth fixing because it is bringing in, you know, the PGA tour is the PGA tour, but PGA of America and the golf industry as a whole is, you know, bringing in more money than it ever has because of these new golfers. And, you know, somebody like me, I've got my one set of clubs. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy a new driver every few years. I'll buy, you know, I bought a new set of irons last year. I won't buy another set. I mean, I had my last set for 10 years. Um, you know, get a putter maybe every three or four years. But you're bringing in somebody who wants to be good. They still sell the dream of if you buy the best equipment, your game will be better than if you buy, like, a Walmart knockoff. So you've got these people coming in and spending four or $5,000 to get into the game, probably joining a club. Or if not, you know, public golf is more expensive than it's ever been. So there's – there's all of that to be taken into consideration too, but to get back to the point of the, the PGA tour events or the live events, all of those golfers that are going out to drink cocktails and, you know, do whatever else they're doing on the golf course. Those are the ones that are going to the tour events now, right? So it's, Hey, we get to do the same thing we're doing on the golf course. We just don't have to hit a shot. I mean, I, I started playing golf at nine years old. I don't think I even drank on a golf course until I was like 24 or 25, you know, because I I wanted to play to the best of my ability. And I didn't think that drinking alcohol, I mean, that's, that's a story for another day, but you know, alcohol does not, it's not a performance enhancer. (laughs) Um, And, and so if you really care about getting better at the game of golf, you're not going to go out and get blasted, but that's kind of the the main thought process now. It's like I need some swing oil, or you know, I, I have to t- have a couple cocktails to relax. You know, That's- yeah, for, for,
0: for me, for me it was when I got to college, but that and then, and even not all the time. It was more like if I was going out with my buddies to play around okay because it's you're not really counting keeping score or not really keeping as much track but yeah if i was going out to play by myself even in college and into my 20s like yeah because i was keeping score i was tracking how many putts i was, you know and whatnot mm-hmm. so i think it also depends on the the people you're out playing with and the overall uh plan for that day uh, i will say one thing too if you are somebody listening to this and you like to post up with a lawn chair in between holes nine and ten or whatever and just watch people go we're not saying it's a bad thing just make sure you do it responsibly and i will say too we are still, for right now, talking about a minority. Most people, even if they're out there to just enjoy being outside and they don't really care as much about the tournament as, say, people like you and I, they are still doing it in a way that's not hindering the enjoyment of anybody else. I mean, it is still, for the moment, a minority. It is, it is growing into a larger and larger minority, and I think that's our, that's our point here. But for the moment, um, it, it is still somewhat of a minority, and I think that the key is to make sure it doesn't grow into that majority.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think from a tournament to tournament base, you know, if you're taking it from data point to data point, right? Like the waste management is far to this side of the extreme. And you can see it. If it was really a trend that was super dangerous, it would have translated over to Riviera last week. It would translate. I mean, it'll be like pebble. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, there will be those people everywhere. But you're not, you know, it's not going to be, you know, chastising players and 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 talking trash. And I mean, I saw a video of guys fighting in Phoenix, like full on
0: oh, bar yeah, yeah. brawl.
1: Um, and i have you know, I've never seen that uh, before. So
0: the the, mu- the mud sl- the mud sliding down the hills. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it, it, yeah,
1: <laughs> I've seen that at 17 at Sawgrass too. I mean, you get yeah, you get that yeah, if it's raining. And you can have sober people bust their ass. Espe- on, on especially,
0: the es- especially back when the players were still in May. I feel like it rained pretty much every year yeah. when it was in May, because obviously that time of year in, in this part, you know, in Florida, it's raining every day, right. Which is part of the reason too why they moved it back to back yeah. to March. But yeah, no, yeah. no, of course. And it, it, sober, you said it yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean you're drunk. Sober people do it too, but it's just it's liabilities that don't need to be there. There, right. There's already enough liabilities on a golf course when you're at a, at a professional golf tournament as a fan. I mean, you could just be saying their mind, your own business and get nailed by it. Te- I mean, there's, there's already so much that could go wrong. Why go out of your way to add more to it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um, it, it just like anything else. It's the identity of it, right? Like you're, you're telling, like I saw, you know, I saw a hat for sale and it literally says the people's open on, on a, on a hat for, for Phoenix. And, that's just like, you know, I think people in general right now, they want to feel empowered. They want to feel like they're more important than they are. And, and so being able to come out and go, like, yeah, I'm at the people's open and I'm going to celebrate. and I, I, I deserve this. I earned this, you know. Well, correct me um, if
0: I'm wrong, too. I believe that there was a shirt this year, if not in years past, too, that basically says, I survived 16 at the waste management, to I apply, like it. I was out there all day getting bombed and I yeah. made it out alive. So, you know, you know, yeah. Um, also, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. We're talking about this, like golf's the only sport where people drink out. I mean, it, obviously it's not the case. Go to any, uh, any sporting event, football, hockey, baseball, basketball, you know, there's bars, there's concession stands with alcohol being served, you know, in, in NBA arenas these days, they have those courtside clubs where everyone goes and they drink, um, you know, I, I, you you were mentioning college football. I'm a Miami hurricane season ticket holder down here. Uh, you've been to your fair share of college football games, going to Alabama, pro yeah. games as well. We both live in, in a city where there's an NFL team. Uh, you go to a football game and there are people, not so much in the NFL because you can only tailgate for four hours, but in most college towns you can tailgate for, I mean, when I was in college, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 hours. I mean, and, and people are drinking and they're drinking all day before these games and they are drinking a lot before these games. But I think, the one difference overall that you can say with football or basketball or whatnot compared to, say, golf where we're at now is, sure, these guys, these people might be tailgating for a, a, a football game for seven hours, getting as drunk as seemingly possible. But once they get into that stadium, they are all there for one reason, and it is to watch that football game. That's um, not the case with golf right now. Not everyone is there to actually watch the tournament. And, 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 and when you have uh, – and in the case of Phoenix, when you have more people that are not to watch the golf than there are to watch the golf, that's where situations arise where guys are yelling in, in people's backswings. There's all-out bar brawls. There are, you know, they're treating hills as, as, as mud pit slides while there's golfers trying to earn a living on the golf course. And I, I think that's where, once again, we, we, we keep bringing it up. There's, there's that line, and clearly Phoenix crossed it this year. Um, now it's a matter of what does both that particular tournament and the tour overall do to make sure that it doesn't become the norm.
1: I, I think, um, I mean, first of all, <clears throat> Phoenix is, has, like I said, I was there, I lived out there. Um, I went to the 2010 and 2011 Phoenix Open while I was out there and leaving that place logistically, it's, it, it, it's still a bottleneck to get out of there. It still takes forever if you stay until the end of the tournament. Um, but, you know, just the fact that it's just being magnified every year and they're selling more tickets and they've got more corporate stuff and, and everything, um, it's just going to a, it's gonna get to a breaking point. The thing with other sports, and I was thinking about this earlier, you know, when I go to a football stadium, whether or not I'm drinking or not, nowadays it's not um i'm going to see my favorite team play and i know the players that are playing on that team and i'm going to sit there for three or four hours and watch those players that i came to watch with golf you if you're truly a fan in my opinion you're going to want to follow people throughout the golf course and watch every shot that's the benefit of going to a live event rather than watching it on tv you know phoenix was built as a stadium environment similar to sawgrass to house a lot of people that want to watch a lot of golf um but if you're just sitting there and you're watching you know 150 players on thursday and friday come through one hole and you're watching them hit one two or three golf shots you're not really a fan you're you're sitting there just kind of taking up Kind of, in my opinion, you're taking up space. Is it wrong? No. But like, if you're just doing that to sit there and have some pops and catch a buzz, then it's not the game of golf that I grew up with. It's not the game of golf that I would want to teach to somebody that was interested in the game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm taking my girlfriend to the players this year. She, probably watched one golf tournament with her father at one point in time, but like has never been to an event and we're not going to sit around and sit on 17 all day. You know, that's just the way that it is. Um, And so I think, I think comparing golf to other sports is, is difficult because you've got so many things that you can do, but at the same time, if you're a fan and you're a fan of a player, then you want to follow that player. And, and in my opinion, you're not going to want to stop at a at a beer tent every two minutes to go grab another one because you want to watch, you know, Rory McIlroy bomb a drive three forty on the next hole, right? Like, what's more important to you?
0: Also, and not to make complete light of it too, but if you're grabbing a beer every two minutes, you're also having used the bathroom a lot. And anyone <laughs> yeah. who's been at a at a tour event, by by late the later in the day, you get the those things are. You do not want to be stepping yeah. foot in those come two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> you know, that's another thing to keep in mind, too, is you keep drinking and drinking all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we are getting up against the clock here. So I'll, I will we'll get out on these two last questions, the first one. And we've been teasing it since the second the show started. Does the PGA Tour have a drinking problem?
1: I believe the culture of the PGA tour fan is becoming less and less respectful of the traditions of the game of golf. So I think that ties into, um, yes, I believe it has a drinking problem. Um, and I, I believe it's just the demographic of the people that are coming to, coming to these events and that are picking up the game. Um, so I, I, I think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a hundred percent a wrong, a bad thing. Um, I just think it needs to be leveled out and right sized for the for the course of, of you know, benefiting the future of the game from a from a spectator standpoint. Like if you want to go out to your local Muni and drink a twelve pack, I have absolutely no problem with that. Like just call an Uber on your way home. But like if you're gonna go out and, and interfere with my this sounds selfish, but it's the way it is. You're interviewing with my experience that I came out and paid, you know, X amount of dollars to get a ticket. And if I had to deal with some jerk, you know, screaming mashed potatoes and, you know, spilling drinks on himself and other people, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to really want to take, take that out too much longer.
0: All right. And final question, Jay Monahan's out. You are in, what do you do to remedy all this to fix it? Or, and, and or if, if it's even fixable,
1: man, that's a tough question because there's so many things I would do that Jay Monahan hasn't been able to do. Um, the first thing is, I think people care less about golf because they don't care about people care less about watching golf because they don't care about these millionaires that are complaining about who's making more money and the the splits and the cuts and everything else. So the unification of a tour is necessary to bring back the traditional golf fan. Um, I do believe that's going to happen. I think there's going to be some type of like top 80 global tour where everybody from live and everybody from the PGA tour are going to be competing you know, once or twice a month. I, I think that's the way it's going to happen. But you know, as of right now, like if I was a drinker and I was going to, you know, I was in Memphis for the St. Jude and, you know, I've, I've got a choice of following around. Maybe, you know, I, I like Will Zalatoris, but he's not that interesting to me. He's a good golfer. But Like am I going to walk around and sweat in August and September and follow him around or am I going to sit somewhere and, and just kind of enjoy being outside? I think I'm going to choose the latter. So we need, we need the big names to all be in the big events and competing against each other because then you'll want to watch those guys go blow for blow. I mean, that's why the Ryder Cup is such a big event because you've got 24 players out there that are trying to, you know, kill each other with their game of golf. That's why it's the best event, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chipper Keener, uh, thank you so much for being on me today. Uh, we're gonna to talk to you again here in a couple of weeks because I know I'm gonna have you back here uh, after the players. We'll get your we'll get your firsthand account of what it was like being out there at the players, and we'll also uh, chat a little Masters preview as well too. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today, and we'll chat again with you here in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I had a great time.
0: All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much once again to Chipper for joining me. And also thank you to all of you out there for continuing to support the show, uh, for continuing to share this show with your friends, family member, and loved ones. Just a friendly reminder as well, if you haven't done so already, please uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or if you are listening to us the old-fashioned way, please uh, subscribe to our podcast feed, whether that's on Spotify or anywhere else you may get your podcasts I'd also like to take a moment on the way out to just remind everyone that if you or a loved one is struggling, whether that's with addiction, mental health or both, uh, please go get the help that you need. Please seek professional uh, help. If you aren't sure on where to get started in that process, addictionhelp.com is a great place to get started on that. They have uh, numerous uh, pages that can provide you with more information, whether it's getting the help that you need, learning about certain uh, diagnoses or even certain warning signs of a potential Uh, substance abuse or mental health condition that you may be suffering from. So go ahead and check out addictionhealth.com for that. Uh, That'll do it for today's show. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.